Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Vince McMahon has officially returned to WWE. You can bank on money. The American Nightmare! One step closer to the American dream! Reach for the sky, boy! We say farewell to January with the Cultaholic.com month in review. We did this over Christmas. We did a year in review that went three hours, lads. So we thought it went down so well. Let's do it every month. Who be we? I be Fake Geordie, radio presenter with that portfolio, Tom Campbell. To my left, and indeed to everybody's left, is Cultaholic.com's uh, writer extraordinaire, the rambunctious Jackie Orlando, a.k.a. Jack Atkins, A.K.A. for the purpose of today, if you're watching on the Patreon, Fidel Castro. Hello. Uh, was this a deliberate look to do a Fidel Castro cosplay for our look back on January? Is uh, it a statement being made here? Let's say yes. Let's say <laughs> yes. Let's say yes. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in his pomp, Fidel, not late late years Fidel when he was just swarming around in Adidas tracksuits all day. <laughs> it's my favourite, that is. Yeah. I've got that action figure too. <laughs> He's like, go on, Raul, you go do the work. I'm just going <laughs> to watch the latest. Uh, talking of latter years, to your left, Blitz Spirit, Cultaholic.com's tribal editor-in-chief, Aidan Gibbons is with us too. Yes, thank you, Tom. I'm now, 180 years old this year. Do you know what's funny is that we give you grief about being the oldest man in the office, but this is going out on my 39th birthday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, I'm just laughing but crying on the inside yeah. <laughs> as I turn a spry 39. One year till 40. Oh, mate, don't. Oh, my God. I can't. I keep I keep bestowing the virtue of how wonderful your 30s are to people, realising that I've got, like, mere days left of mine. <laughs> Horrible times. How's your month been, Jackie Orlando? Um, cromulent. Excellent. Yeah. It's, it's... Can't go wrong. It's just been there. I'm trying to think of the only, like, wrestling highlights. I did... Impact Hard to Kill Live, which was a decent show. Impact always is. Impact always good. Yeah. Always good. Aiden Gibbons, how's your January been? Bit like everybody's skinned. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> I got a Papa John's on the weekend for the Royal Rumble, so that was a good end. Oh, yeah. end on a high. What's your, what's your, what's your go to Papa John's order? So, you know, I get Chicken Club. But I take off Ooh. the tomatoes and the onions. You can order without it now. That's what I do. I just get chicken and bacon or whatever else comes on. I'm like, oh, yes. Oh, no. The, the full chicken club is a fantastic pizza, though. Nah, but nah. vegetables. Are you not a member of the chicken club? Don't like vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> for, for, for life. <laughs> I feel like the chicken club has somewhat waned since they had more uh, in America involving indie wrestlers. Do you know what they... No? <laughs> <laughs> Joke, just that. Jeff Jarrett in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Jarrett's even joined the chicken club, for God's sake. Uh, how did you, do you guys, 
you know, buy into New Year's resolutions? And if so, how is... No. Neither of you do? No. Neither don't do anything? I'm perfect the way I am. Oh, you are, mate. I mean, I, I vowed to somehow do less work this year, and so far we're doing all right, you've done, you've done incredible there. Yeah. I think uh, this is maybe your fourth time in the office. Hardest working man <laughs> in showbiz. What can I say? <laughs> Jackie Orlando gracing us in this presence. Every you really day, are lucky years for that Every day, I come in and get <laughs> grief. <laughs> From this asshole to my I can't help it. You'd, you'd you can't, you choose not yeah, to, though. I suppose for the last two years, I have been trying to convince him that he was alive during World War One and Two, <laughs> Possibly the Boer War too. why not? So, I mean, deep down, you'd be desperately sad if I didn't go, oh, look who decided to turn up this morning, wouldn't you? You would be sad. You say that, I'd rather just kind of like slide in and everyone go, oh shit, he's in. And I'm just like, yeah, I've been here for two hours. You just Beaver teleport away. into your seat. Ooh. Like Quantum Leap, just sat there going, oh boy. <laughs> well, I like, if, sadly, the office, our episode's office isn't structured in such a way that you could just slide in. <laughs> yeah. Just climb up the office, like, look, I've climbed up the windows like Spider Man. <laughs> I literally have to walk past every member of Cultaholic in the upstairs office to get to my seat. I'm essentially, I'm essentially the receptionist because I'm the one nearest to the front door. I am the, the monkey with the symbols in Toy Story 3. <laughs> okay. So anytime anybody walks past, it's, hello! <laughs> and I'm Stinky Pete from Toy Story 2. <laughs> Just to grab his finest hour. Just there with a pickaxe going, oh, fucking, oh, God, no. Oh. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to the factory. Well, what do you have to? <laughs> <laughs> Niles! Is it Kelsey Grammer? Yeah, yeah. Kelsey Grammer. Is it? I I you pe- there you go, you've learned something this month. And don't forget, Bullseye, he's Woody's horse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> lovely lad, Bullseye. Oh, great lovely lad. lad. We've already gone off time. <laughs> Can't be a bit of bully. Uh, this is where we're going to look back on the big stories that rocked and shocked the wrestling world in January of 2023. It was a very busy month in the world of wrestling. We'll go right back to first couple of days into it and the return of Vince McMahon. Now, this was a big talking point from the year in review as it looked like Vince was on his way back to the board. Uh, Aiden, it became a, a, it became a, a fait accompli. In the early days of 23, didn't it? Yeah, so I mean, we all sort of thought at the end of the year that Vince would stay away. Of course, he resigned in July of last year um, amidst a sexual misconduct and hush money scandal um, where it came out that he paid millions of dollars to women to cover up these allegations of sexual misconduct and infidelity against him, along with payments to the Donald Trump Foundation. Mm. They, of course, prompted investigations from the SEC and federal prosecutors and such as the seriousness of those investigations for Vince is surely done. You thought so. And then we get to December, and then, of course, it comes out that Vince McMahon is deciding that he want, he's intending to come back. He feels like he's been ill-advised. Vince wants to come back. Um, at the same time of, those, um, of that news, it suddenly comes out that Rita Chatterton, um, the former WWE referee who accused McMahon of raping her in 1986, was demanding $11.75 million in damages and a further sexual assault allegation came to light. Um, after all of that, we thought, okay, Vince not coming back, surely. There's no way. There's no way Vince is coming back. And then lo and behold, there I was, 5th of January, just done Wrestle Kingdom, just done New Year's Dash. And it's like, oh yeah, Vince is back. <laughs> and it was like, okay, um, Basically, we suddenly find out that Vince McMahon, who remained majority shareholder after his resignation, that he was electing himself and former co-presidents George Barrios and Michelle Wilson back to the board of directors. And this came 
after um, correspondence in December where the WD board told Vince explicitly, please do not come back. <laughs> and Vince went, I'm just going to ignore you <laughs> and come back in anyway, essentially strong-arming himself back into the company. A um, few days after that, we basically find out by January 10th that not only is Vince back, but he's been elected back as executive chairman of the board, <laughs> effectively putting himself back into his old position as chairman, but he's not a, he's an employee now and not the something else. Mm. So he's back basically to pursue a sale of the company. Um, at the same time as that, we found out Stephen McMahon was resigning as chair as chairwoman and co-CEO, um, essentially leaving the company that she'd worked for since she was 13 years old. So it's been a massive amount of movement and shaking. Um, Teflon Vince McMahon, <laughs> Jackins, what do we reckon? It's, it's it was both a surprise and inevitable, I think, wasn't it? Just because we'd always said for years, Vince McMahon's never going to step down. He's going to be in that position till he dies. And even though it looked like, like Aiden said, it looked like all avenues were over, like finished. It's like no way of him coming back. There was always that inkling in the back of your head that said he'll find a way. And it was it was the way that he just kind of gradually crept in. It was like, oh, he's just on the board. He's not coming back to headquarters and I was like oh he's popped into headquarters to say hello but he's, he's not coming back to creative and then there was rumors saying that oh he, he could if he wanted to have word in Triple H's ear about creative such as his stature and just the rumor mill and it, it was absolute it was manic mm. everything snowballed someone would be like oh if you, had, if you had this rumor that Vince McMahon could be on creative to you know to to people removed on Twitter saying, Vince McMahon's not only running creative, he's booking <laughs> WrestleMania. And it's just like, oh, this is just going to... It was hard to sort through the absolute mud during those few days. Yeah, well, speaking of mud... Yes. So <laughs> effectively, what we do get is we find out Vince has come back to pursue a sale of WWE, which could be huge for the future professional wrestling. Mm. Oh, God, seismic. But basically, I mean, we're, we're all asleep. We wake up on the morning of January 11th and reports are stating that not only is Vince back as executive chairman of Stephanie's gone, WWE's been sold. I mean, these reports come from Steve Muehlhausen of DAZN and Cassidy Haynes of Bodyslam.net. Of course, we're all just like action stations thinking, oh my God, WWE's yeah. sold. Get all this written up, I think. But poor Jack King wrote our article like 20 past five in the morning. Um, and then by the afternoon, of course, we all find out that these reports aren't true, at least for now. There's been no agreement in principle reached with the Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund to sell WWE. Um, and basically, as we stand right now, there are several interested bidders, including the public, the Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund, Endeavor, Netflix, Disney, and Comcast, who, of course, already broadcast a whole load of WWE programming. So that means, in terms of like the big hitters from those who are most likely to make an investment and buy WWE. Um, Jackins, would you be fair to say that probably Saudi Arabia and Comcast are at the front of the argument here? I'd say so, yeah, just in terms of the vast amounts of wealth behind both arms. For me, I always thought Disney, just because Disney just are a content machine. Mm. They bought the Muppets, obviously, which is the most important thing they have. You know, other <laughs> little things like you know Star Wars and Marvel, but still... You thought, right, if they can say... Because Disney Plus is pretty much the only streaming service I use now, just yeah. because it has so much stuff. And you thought, right, if they add 
WWE as well. They haven't got Fox Sports, but they've got 20th Century Fox under the umbrella as well. And I thought, well, it seems like a logical step. But like you said, Comcast just seems like they're on a mission to own everything in that kind of space. The um, Saudi Arabia PIF, you know, there's discussions of ethics and sports washing for a different podcast, but they're making moves to rehab the public image of Saudi Arabia. We've seen it with the events they've been putting on, so neither were surprising when we had the links. But it's weird because in the sense that a lot of this will come down to whatever Vince agrees with. Vince has ultimate say in who buys the company. But it's would a public trading company like Comcast allow Vince McMahon with all of these allegations to remain? Probably not. Mm. While the Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund would probably just let Vince stay in charge because yeah. they'll take the company private. I mean, from like they own Newcastle United, the football club I support, and it's like you've got the head of the PIF as the chairman, but he's not really involved. The sort of basically brought in other people to run the club, basically, and that would basically be how they'd run WWE. That you'd be Vince in charge, I imagine. With Amanda Stavely. With Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> so um, how much are we talking on the old, uh, as my dad would say, the old spondulix, the right. old, uh, the old cash in the sky uh, so for, for Vince McMahon's company? Apparently WWE want eight and a half billion. Okay. But basically analysis to know a lot more about these financial things than I do. I say they expect WWE to go for, for between 7.4 and 8.2 billion. Um, which is above what the cur- well, like the company's currently worth. I think the current net worth is around six billion, but buy everyone out, everyone gets a nice little payday. It's it's the era of content, isn't it? Yeah. So if if you've got the amount of content, we mentioned it on the end of year review. If you've got the amount of content that WWE has through both the stuff they're putting out live, the old, you know, whatever you want, WCW, ECW, AWA. It's just it's money for over open essence. Yeah, it's just all you've got. You just you own this massive library of decades of wrestling history. Yeah, whether you know however you feel about the company subjectively, they have an archive of wrestling history. Yeah, and uh, and to buy that and then have a machine that just churns out new stuff week to week to week, mm. and you know just can just crack on, then then keep your overheads low. You're yeah. into you're onto a good thing there. Because whoever has them. Looking at like the live event infrastructure, it's it's all in house and it's all there. It's not like a new investor has to come in and WWE leave and say, right, we're taking our cameras, our production crew, blah 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 blah. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> good luck, hon. Yeah, go find your way They're out. They're just going to be there to uh, sign off the checks at the end of the day. So. I think one thing I'll just quickly mention before we move on to the next one in terms of how WWE is sort of getting set to sail, S A L E. Um, they are they're, they're making changes to the network already because it was reported this month that both ICW and Progress will be taken off the network. Yeah, if they not if they've not been already, uh, it was always a weird relationship. Like WWE's initial plan was they not only wanted to make it a historical wrestling hub, but like an indie scene hub as well, where there was talks that they bought the rights to evolve. Uh, with plans to own that tape library to use to good effect, and they've not really done anything with it. Uh, and then they 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 basically funded Progress and ICW during the pandemic mm. to to help them put on no crowd shows, which are weird still to watch now. And it seems like more so Progress than ICW. Uh, but Lee McAteer has come in to lead Progress, and he's taking it to kind of they're, they're going to try and run it of their own. Volition, and we'll see how that goes. ICW, it, I feel like the the rug has been pulled from underneath both parties here because ICW have gone, oh, we'll announce our new streaming partner soon. You can catch the last few episodes on YouTube. 
which doesn't strike me as like a part of a, an organized plan. Yeah. So it does, I think, unless we forget WXW was another promotion that was featured on there as well. Another company that WWE... They're still on, I think. They're still going. Yeah. But I would have thought they'd be... You think it'd be wrapping up yeah. as well, especially with NXT. I mean, there's been zero conversation of NXT Europe this month, but with that on the horizon as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot of money being thrown around. Let's move from money to money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> money. What's that name, Tom? Money. Uh, Mercedes Monet uh, and her journey to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Talk to us about this tribal editor in chief, Aiden Gibbons. Yeah, so I mean, formerly Sasha Banks. Last thing we heard of her in WWE was May 2022 when she and Naomi decided to walk out of an episode of Monday Night Raw over a creative dispute with Vince McMahon. Um, we then later find out that she's been released in the summer of 2022, but she can't take wrestling-related bookings. During that time, there's the regime change. I saw Triple H come in. And of course, that regime change has been a bit diddled now, but yeah. Um, <laughs> in the cultaholic sense of the word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Worth but, pointing that out. But, but essentially, what we're left with is Sasha Banks and WWE don't agree to terms on her return. And then we find out that she's heading to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Of course, we're all sat there at Wrestle Kingdom about 9 o'clock in the morning. Um, Kyrie, formerly Kyrie Sane, has just defeated Tam Nagano to retain the IWGP Women's Championship. And then, of course, Money plays Money. over the Titan Tron. <laughs> out comes Mercedes Money in her heels of blue, flamey hair. She initially teases that she's going to shake Kyrie's hand, the shake hands. Kyrie's like, oh, yes, I'll just toddle back up the ramp. And but it's like, no, Dex are from behind. Says, I'm the CEO, you little bitch. <laughs> then, That's her exact word. Yeah, little bit. Bit. I'm yeah. the CEO, you little bitch. <laughs> and then she challenges her to a matchup Battle in the Valley, which is basically New Japan's next big US show that is going to take place on February 18th in San Jose, California. Mm. Also, which happens to be the hometown of Bailey. So... There could oh. be some crossover there where she might pop up in the crowd. Really? Oh, do you reckon? I reckon so. Mm. Or she'll be backstage at Well, Bailey, Bailey and Naomi we and Asuka were backstage at yeah. Wrestle Kingdom on that particular night, so it wouldn't be surprising. That debut um, of, of Mercedes Money uh, not only gave the wrestling world some big news, it gave Matthew Gregg a bit of content for Botchamania, didn't it, Jack? <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> did, people were quick to post afterwards. So... Mercedes comes in, hits Kyrie, and hits this kind of awkward looking, it's like a gory special backpack span around into a DDT. But I think Kyrie went too soon. So as soon as she span around, Kyrie just kind of like fell on her face and then Monet dropped afterwards. And then they showed Mercedes it training with, it was a Grand Master League, was it? Oh, there's loads of them. She's been there. She's been there Yeah. So she was showed videos from Train Howard's mental look. It's meant to like roll straight into a DDT. Um, not an easy move to pull off, and it, it a bit awkward. Mm. But it's one of those. Everyone just went, oh. But Mercedes Monet. The amount of tickets they sold for that Battle in the Valley show straight away shows that it was worth it on New Japan's part. So it was even the Tokyo Dome as well. I think it was the like the highest growth of subscribers that New Japan World had. Like ever, basically having well the return of Kenny Omega as well and Mercedes Monet debuting. So I mean, I was I mean I was skeptical of skeptical of how well the deal would do in our year in review, but since you're working out so far, Andrew's advertised for future dates. I mean, a corner melts her after the February 18th show. She's going to work at least two more events, including a major show in April at the Budokan. Mm. So 
Uh, WWE sources close to numerous people. I think Fight will select one of these being. Uh, the general vibe back there is that Mercedes and Monet will once again become Sasha Banks' quote when she gets this out of her system. Uh, is is that a fair comment to make, or do we think that this is the uh, the beginning of the genesis of Monet? I mean, she could go back as Mercedes Monet. Do you think so? Do you think she would? Re- I just feel like I feel like if she was going to come Banks. back, she'd go back to Sasha yeah, Banks. I think she'd yeah. be Sasha. I mean, I don't, I don't know if she will go back, but you did have sort of in January where we all thought she was turning up with AEW. Mm. I mean, you had that whole um, Surya mystery partner thing with Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter for a tag match. Where they announced a week before the show that, yeah, it's going to be Tony Storm. We're all like, wink, wink, course it is. And I mean, Britt Baker even says, I'm the boss on AWTV. And you're like, okay, right. This is just going to be punk 3.0, 4.0, whatever we are at this point. Uh, where they're not going to announce it, but it's going to happen. Then, of course, actually, no, it is just Tony Storm. <laughs> we so, were punked, if you will. Yeah. So, it's, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're a bit like, okay, what's, why hasn't she sort of signed a long-term deal? I mean, part of it could be that she's just going to focus on acting and music and makeup because she's got a makeup line coming and all sorts of other stuff. Um, but if two years down the line or whatever, it wouldn't shock me if she's back in WWE. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's definitely one of those because she... Uh, an interview was released to New Japan's website of Mercedes Monet basically saying, yeah, I love Bull Nakano and I love like the, the classic Joshis from all Japan in the 90s. I've always wanted to work in Japan. Um, it didn't feel like your usual, oh, so glad to be. It, it, it felt like she was talking passionately real about passion. loving that style. Um, but it could be one of those. It could go either way, like you said, because WWE, it is the biggest platform for it if, if she's got these outside interests. Um, she could use it as an advertising platform, basically, WWE. Or it could go the other way where she has so much fun outside the system that she's like, I've made my money. I'm in Star Wars. I'm just going to do this. Who cares? Mercedes money, TNA. Ooh. Oh! <laughs> What's uh, not threaten me with a good time? <laughs> What's Ben's cash doing in the impact zone? <laughs> <laughs> Small change. Change. <laughs> Um, change is coming there you go you're welcome Impact Wrestling Uh, also from Wrestle Kingdom really good show a big old show for New Japan sort of sets out their stall for the year to come Uh, and it was a show that featured new new talent in the form of Sasha Banks it was the first time that we saw uh, stardom represented at Wrestle Kingdom AEW talent were there Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay putting on an all time Fucking classic on the night, which I don't think we'll ever stop speaking about this year. How how fun to have a match of the year candidate like said just mere hours into 2024. Three yeah. um, uh, and uh, Jay White in the main event losing the IWGP Championship to Okada once again, and this starts a lot more conversation about the future of Jay White, doesn't it, Aiden Gibbons? Yeah. So I mean, we all watched it upstairs in the office where it was Jay White faces Okada, loses the IWGP World Heavyweight Title. But unlike in the past, sort of, I mean, Jay White's basically had Okada's number, but in the past, he's always sort of gone, it's still my era, big heel, sort of walked out. But this time, he crawls over to Okada and drags himself up using Okada's lovely shorts. And <laughs> basically, they just look into each other's eyes. And there's almost like an acknowledgement there of, you're good, aren't you? Which sounds a bit silly. I am, yes, thank I am, you. I am the one of the, I have a generational talent. Thank you, Jay White, for recognizing this. Um, 
And then that sort of gets a little bit of speculation going. And then we find out not long after from Fightful Select that Jay White's contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling is coming up and he's expected to lead the promotion. Um, currently, he's still booked for a few more shows. He's got a Loser Leaves Japan match against Higaleo on February 11th at the New Beginning in Osaka. And after that, if he loses that, we probably assume he might. Um, he's got a match on the 18th of February against Eddie Kingston in at this Battle on the Valley show in San Jose. Um, after this, who knows where he's going to end up. I mean, there was speculation heading at the Royal Rumble that some people thought he was actually going to turn up in the Royal Rumble. Um, he was actually trending while the show was going on. Wow. For, for literally doing nothing. Um, and WWE and BT Sports said, hey, he might be in the Rumble, you know. Uh, of course he was. WWE and BT Sports, they're their own entity. Yes. And, yes. And, and I think they're left to their own devices. And I think fair play to them. <laughs> yeah, Long chaos. may they reign. Long yeah. may they be the agents of chaos within the WWE social media PR world. <laughs> I'm trying to think what else we've had. So, yeah, so you've got that match. Jay White doesn't turn up. In terms of where he ends up, it's looking like WWE, but there's also AW interested, and apparently neither can officially approach him until his New Japan contract actually expires. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know the exact date, apart from that, it looks like it's sometime after that Battle in the Valley show. Where do we think he fits best, Jack Atkins? Well, we were talking about this at the time, because we watched, obviously, Wrestle Kingdom Live in the office, because it's one of the only events that airs during working hours for us. Mm. And thank some, you for that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, all of Japan. <laughs> not all Japan. No, no, not all Japan. <laughs> not all Japan. Oh, no. In here, in here. Because um, at the time, some people were saying, oh, Jay White looks like he's gearing up for another Okada match, but me and Aiden went, this looks like he's leaving. It, it did feel like a kind of nice one. And we were talking about it. I feel he fits better in AEW, but he'd there's more space for him in WWE. Mm. AEW, he'd possibly get lost in the shuffle because it's AEW, they have a massive roster. And while WWE also have a massive roster, he'd straight away be in that upper mid-card role straight off the bat. You just put Jay White in there and just say, have bangers and be a weird little knife pervert, as people call him. Like, he'd point with the number two heel, wouldn't he? I'm trying to think you've got Reigns and then... like who is Gunther? Are you Gunther, yeah. Dominic Mysterio, but that's just more yeah. Xbox heat, isn't it? <laughs> um, but I I do think White to WWE makes the most sense for him at this point in his career. Mm. He's still only young as well, isn't he? Something Ooh, he's like 30 or 29. He's, he's far too young to be as good as he is. Yeah. Have a look. But interestingly, though, it wasn't just Jay White where there was uh, rumours floating around of a New Japan departure because... He's got this loser leaves Japan match against Hikaleo. Mm. Now, Hikaleo has been quietly connected with WWE, according to numerous sources, yeah. as has Tamatonga. And I feel like Tamatonga's been that guy who's always been in on that sort of conversational periphery. Like, he's always somebody that we always think he'd do well in WWE, he'd yeah. fit well in WWE, but has never pulled the trigger. He's good hand. A good hand, maybe in the mid-card. Well, but- it was in 2016 where, when you've got the base of the mass exodus, you've got Shinsuke Nakamura, AJ Styles, and... Um, the Good Brothers go to WWE. Mm. The rumours were at the time, and I think Tamatonga's confirmed this, that he was basically going to go with them um, with this mass border club exodus. But WWE, not WWE, New Japan essentially signed um, Tangaloa, who was Camacho in WWE, and he thinks, okay, I'm going to stay in team with my brother, and that's mm-hmm. what he's done for the last six years. But I think Tamatonga's now like 36, but Triple H probably remains a fan. But it's another weird one in the sense that he's the never open weight champion, which seems to be very quickly becoming the WWE New Japan belt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
Carl Anderson's had it for had it for like six months. The machine gun. Um, he had it for six months while under contract with WWE. Everyone's like, Jesus Christ, get this belt off Carl Anderson. <laughs> Why does Carl Anderson have this belt? You say, you say everyone, it was just you loudly in the <laughs> office every day. It, it was everyone. It was everyone. I didn't mind it. Sour boy, give him the title. <laughs> he can have it. Or Chad Sour two boy. boy. Ch- Chad two boy. Mm-hmm. Chad too bad, he can have it. Not this Carl Anderson rubbish. <laughs> but no. So Tamatonga wins the title back um, at Wrestle Kingdom. So he's got that. Might so, go to WWE. so that could be the WWE New Japan title. Yeah. He were like, why is why are WWE interested in Hikaleo? Oh yeah, he's massive. Yeah. So of course WWE want to sign Hikaleo. But even that mindset has changed somewhat, obviously, since the uh, changing of the guard, the regime uh, change in WWE. Like, I mean, obviously, a big guy is is always welcome, um, but. I don't think that's essentially the be-all and end-all anymore. Especially Jay White's in the conversation. They brought Braun Strowman back. Omos was on TV <laughs> two days ago. Fair point. Nia Jax was in the Rumble. Oh, yes. Yeah, and she's not like she's most not girls. She's not like most girls. She isn't like most girls. Do the eyes. <laughs> One for the Patreon there. Uh, <laughs> a little treat for you. Hey, we'll talk more about Nia Jax, believe you me, yeah. uh, a little bit later on. Uh, back to WWE as we look into January of 2023, still to come. Uh, we're going to go through some of the weirdest, weirdest clicks from cultaholic.com. Yeah. Uh, you, for watch, for those of you who read cultaholic.com, you are a strange bunch, and we love every single interview for doing so because it gives us these weird little videos these weird little these news articles that just do gangbusters. And we're going to talk about them a little bit later on. Uh, there's some brilliant stories in there. We'll get to them in a little bit. Uh, WWE making a big announcement regarding this green and pleasant land. Jerusalem. A song about the United Kingdom. Jerusalem. Which is not in the United <laughs> Kingdom. The, the, undisputed, the, the disputed land of Jerusalem. The, the disputed land of Jerusalem will become the undisputed home of money in the bank this year, Aidan Gibbons. Yeah, so speaking of the, the the place where Jesus Christ resided, London, England. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, <laughs> flipping love London. You Jesus Christ, out? Cockney, Cockney, <laughs> Cockney, <laughs> Cockney. <laughs> Is that blasphemous? <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ, the dustman, he wears a dustman, that's a poor Wolverhampton. And he's a mess, that's... Uh, <laughs> Talk about money in the bank. Like, I, mean, I, the hell. I like the idea of Jesus Christ walking a bit Molyneux. First, but, uh... <laughs> he bloody loves the wolves. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so in actual... You're doing the Tesco bags. There was something my dad there who's a baggies fan. <laughs> so in, in actual news... Yeah, sorry, actual what, news. What, what we get basically following New Year, New Year Dash on January 5th, completely different company, but they was at the same time for me. Um get a lovely press release from WWE saying, hey, Money in the Bank's coming to the UK this year. Mm. Um, effectively, the show is going to be held on the 1st of July, 2023, at the O2 in London, England. Um, this, of course, comes after the success of Clash in the Castle, which was WWE's first pay-per-view over the pond mm-hmm. in 19 years. I mean, that show was so successful. It's the most watched international show they've ever done. And I think it's the eighth highest grossing pay-per-view they've ever done in like the company's history. And that's counting WrestleMania. That's counting WrestleMania. <laughs> so that's an idea how massive that was. And and I love the way they did it. Like we we had the the pleasure of getting to go to Cardiff a few days before the show. And that was one of my highlights of forever. Just to see how they did this so well with Cardiff. Like WWE just took over Cardiff. Like all the streets, everywhere, there were WWE signage all over the place. You can't really do that with London, can you, Jackins? 
Uh, no, it's a bit of a sprawling metropolis, Tom. Yeah, it is a bit, isn't no, it? No uh, disrespect to our Welsh brethren. Trust me, I'm there with you. But um, yeah, you you were saying this last year, saying that it's it's better to go to the the, the smaller or less thought of cities because. Like you said, you you can just take over. You can take over. I was surprised when they said the O2 because that's it's too small. It's far too small. It's twenty thousand. Twenty thousand. That's more than the Manchester Arena, which is the was for years the busiest arena in the world, busier than Madison Square Garden. We were saying either this is speculation. This wasn't reported anywhere. This was just inter office chatter. We were thinking. Could could they not get Wembley Stadium? Could would they priced out of Wembley Stadium? And then we were saying there's other football stadiums or there's Twickenham, etc. Going for the O2 seemed a bit of a mad choice considering they just did sixty thousand odd last year. Yeah. Is there some sort of issue with them running money in the bank in a stadium? Because last year they were going to run money in the bank twenty twenty two in a stadium in Vegas, mm. and they downgraded it to I think the MGM Arena. And I think that was partly because of a lack of star power, because none of the big hitters were going to be there, as it turned out. Yeah. Is it maybe a case of they already anticipate they probably won't have maybe a WWE title match on the show? There might be a few people that are missing, and their main attraction will be a Money in the Bank match. But then I genuinely think, even with a, with a slightly depleted roster, you could stick it in a stadium and in the Easily. UK and it still fucking sell out. But what was the reason for it? They said that the O2 is the UK's Madison Square Garden. Yeah, that was which, the yeah. corner of Fifle Select. It's not, though. That's the thing. It's not. For as long as Tyne Theatre <laughs> and Opera House is open. Yeah. Or <laughs> the Glades in Kidderminster. <laughs> any others? Any others we can suggest for the Madison Square Garden of the UK? Uh, the Floral Pavilion in New Brighton. Floral Pavilion in New Brighton. Uh, the Scotswood Social Club. Scotswood Social Club. <laughs> That's the true Madison Square Garden of independent wrestling in the north of England. But it's, like I said then, uh, the Manchester Arena, bigger capacity and more footfall. Like, yeah. that's the Madison the Square Garden. Yeah, it's, well. it's more well-placed, like, in terms of yeah. if you want to travel from the tip-top of Scotland. Manchester's yeah. easier to get here than London. Logistically, yeah. But like we were saying, even just in just in London itself, you've, you, what, you've got Spurs Stadium, West Ham Stadium, yeah, you've you, got Stamford Bridge, which is weird if you wanted, Twickenham, you're we Lords, put it in the cricket ground, who cares? Like, we were saying it's especially weird because they're running the show in July, so there's no football on us during the off-season, the off season, essentially, of football, so... They haven't put the new grass down yet for the new season, so it's the perfect time to run a stadium show, and they've just booked the O2. I mean, they'd sell out a stadium. I know we're saying about money in the bank, but in the sense that WWE only come here at most, well, they might come again next year, but second one in 20 years. Yeah. People would probably still, and it's money in the bank, an established show as opposed to Clash How are they the doing regarding sales? I haven't got on sale yet. They haven't gone on sale yet. No. Yeah, because Aiden Gibbons is already... It's, it's squeaky bum time for Aiden. I know. I actually want to go as a fan to a show. No, go Weirdly. go for work purposes and yeah. it all gets sorted. <laughs> it all gets paid for. <laughs> yeah, but you can't have Aiden in the press box going, the referees are one. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I was in the press box going, Dom is a sub, <laughs> Dom is a sub, you kinky bastard, Dom is a sub. I was there. Giving it socks, yeah, but, fine. But I'll actually have to work if I went down for work purposes. Yeah, but I worked and got hammered. Yeah. But I'll actually have to write I, things. I can multitask. <laughs> I can work and get pissed. Then there's some of the best news videos off pissed. They're yeah, but brilliant. I've read your scripts when you're off pissed. They're hilarious, aren't they? <laughs> breakdowns in the middle of like emotional breakdowns off. 
It just always ends with, hmm, those chicken strips were delicious. Yeah. <laughs> with like chickeny fingerprints on it. <laughs> just, we're going to say just you and Tar Bush watching two people fight half with a chicken kebab. SM! <laughs> Do we think, just, just, because just, obviously the tickets haven't gone on sale yet, so this is where my mind palace is going then. I see this jacket, I see this Aiden. Hmm. Um, they mentioned the O2. Do you think this is a bit of a, 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 a red herring type situation? They'll announce the O2, they will in de- no doubt sell out the O2, and then maybe either go, we're going to put on another show on the Sunday, or they'll go, we're going to move it to a bigger, we're going to get a bigger boat. I would think that maybe if it was Wembley Arena, yeah. and they go, oh, so many people want to come, Wembley Stadium. Yeah. But they're not doing that. Because they, We think it's weird, because they've never actually sort of, like they haven't announced a Monday Night Raw taping yet, and they haven't for the past few times. They've come to the UK, so, maybe so they could they feasibly, that. if they wanted to, because if they, because think actually here's here's the thinking then, because if it's only twenty thousand, you could do Friday Night SmackDown from the O2, 20,000. Money yeah. in the Bank from the O2, 20,000. If you wanted to feel a bit fruity, you could do an NXT Takeover London. In, on the Sunday and then more Raw on the Monday. You've sold eighty thousand over yeah, four nights. Yeah. If they do that, that's the way of doing it. And you'll get people that will buy tickets for all four. Yeah, it's, do, it's, they do it a combo. Seriously, like, WWE, yeah. we will buy fucking tickets. If you book it, we will come. They're everywhere. We will come to the event if you book. <laughs> to the event and on the event. Yeah. Wow. Uh, oh, this has gone low, bro. Bit of both. Bit of both, maybe. But you're trying to get to the O2 as like a fan then. Basically. Yes, I'm going to go as actual, actually a fan. Wow. Which is very rare for these shows now. I mean, I, I love my job, but I've never just sat there and gone, that was a good wrestling show. It's always just me mm. typing away, basically. And basically going, that match is easy. Got to write nothing about that. Mm. <laughs> oh, that match was a lot. I write four articles, basically, well, how we, my we, mind thinks now. We've already done a kind of like handshake deal, haven't we? That if you go to Money in the Bank as a fan, I'll cover it. And then if AEW do their long-awaited Craven Cottage show, then I'll go to that as a fan and you'll cover it. Yeah, but that's one thing we're forgetting as well. WWE have announced this show um, that will take place in July, which could perceivably take place within weeks of AEWs, either before or after. Yeah, we've heard nothing on the on the grapevine regarding that AEW show, have we? No, we just know it's happening this yeah, year, but there's no like, date or anything. Unless they've gone quite... I don't know. We'll keep, one to keep an eye on, certainly. Um, some really sad news hit us this month, really out of the blue. Uh, the the passing of Jamine Pugh, who you and I love, uh, as the great Jay Briscoe. Uh, Aiden, talk us through this one. Yeah, so very sad day on basically the 8th time, January 18th when we found out. Um, but basically Jay was in the car with his two daughters, who are aged 9 and 12, um, just driving down the road near his hometown of Laurel, Delaware, around 5 p.m., um, he's just driving down, hasn't got his seatbelt on, unfortunately. Um, and basically a car coming in the opposite direction, driven by a 27-year-old woman. That car suddenly crosses over into Briscoe's lane and we get a head-on collision. Um, police arriving at the scene declare Briscoe and the 27-year-old in the other vehicle dead. Um, basically dead at the scene. And Briscoe's two daughters, aged 9 and 12, they're currently in hospital as of last word having suffered serious injuries. Um, I mean, wrestling world was devastated. It was a somber day in the office when we found out. It's one of those, it just caught us all off, off guard. It's just completely out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, to, we'll, we kind of, we'll talk a bit more about how it was handled um, in the days and the weeks that came from there. 
Um, but let's just take a little moment to talk about Jay Briscoe. Uh, just what a force he was. Jackins, when you think oh. about Jay Briscoe, what are some of those sort of memories that are hardwired into you? Well, he was Ring of Honor lifer from the first ever show when he was, I think he was 18 and Mark was 17. So Mark couldn't wrestle for Ring of Honor, but hung around. Mm. Uh, obviously, the last we saw of Jay Briscoe was the the triumphant uh, death before, the, no, not death, but final battle match, sorry, against um, FTR, that double dog collar match, which was my match of the year. Incredible trilogy. The whole trilogy was fantastic. If you want to go back, if you're not too familiar with Jay's work in Ring of Honor, an excellent tag match was the Briscoes against Shingo Takagi and Naruki Doi in Liverpool. I wasn't there because I was unaware of Ring of Honor at the time. And then when I became aware of Ring of Honor, I was like, ah, oh, right, so that, that happened around the corner. But it's, mm. it's a spot fest in the best possible way. And obviously, Jay's runs with the uh, Ring of Honor World Championship as well. It just, uh, just a wrestler's wrestler, as they say. His um, the first title win over Kevin Steen. Mm. Phenomenal piece of business. Yes. Kevin Steen essentially holding Ring of Honor hostage. Yeah. And how everybody was on Jay Briscoe's side to, to take it and the elation when he won it from everybody and how right it felt. It didn't feel like a tag wrestler that was getting a singles push. Like Jay Briscoe's always felt like he transcends whichever division he was in. Yeah. And he was as a as a singles wrestler, he was incredible. Him and Mark Briscoe, like they buck that trend. And we've joked about it on a few of the classic reviews, how you get these iconic tag teams who can wrestle tag matches against anybody. And the moment you put them against each other, it's like oil and water. And they're just like, like Edge and Christian for the better part. They're, they're, obviously, they're not brothers in real life, but they're like tag team. <laughs> Imagine my shock when I found that out. Uh-huh. Uh, Matt and Jeff Hardy, a great example of two yeah. excellent tag wrestlers, strong singles wrestlers, put them together. It was like anti-chemistry. It's would, so weird. Outside of the cinematic match, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like the alchemy just doesn't add up. But Mark and Jay Briscoe, bangers yeah. against each other. And we didn't uh, have a match on a chicken farm. Yes, yeah, on the chicken farm. <laughs> one of the one of the one of the matches that uh, we had AJ Gray on Desert Island Graps a few years ago, and one of the matches he chose. He said, "Right, you're not going to find this anywhere." But it was at a it was at a charity wrestling show in the outdoors that I went to. Mark and Jay Briscoe turned up to watch it, and they went, "Oh, we'll have a fight. We'll have a match." <laughs> and within like half an hour, they were walking out to the ring, and they just fucking had got on with it. <laughs> had a brawl and they're like it was great it was a great match like they just decided that day oh we'll have a match on the charity show I mean I'm nicking this from Jack King but one of the memories he had of Mark and Jay Briscoe was when they were in WCPW and basically Jack was saying at the time I think he was just starting out as like doing interviews all this sort of stuff becoming like an on-screen personality but he says that they could tell he was nervous and they just start screaming at each other about who's the hardest basically like (laughs) I can fight you it's like you want to fight me I'll fight you back and basically so just incredible chemistry both inside well as tag team partners and battering each other it's talking about those promos as well in in the days after this we were watching some of the old ones of them where they just literally set up a camera on their farm somewhere and just yell obscenities for about five minutes. <laughs> it's when he gets the gun out. It's the, yeah, he's, they're talking, who is he against? Um, Davey Richards and I think it was Roderick Strong and they were having an issue with these technical MMA-minded wrestlers and they were talking about, you're wearing your mouth guards, like we respect what you do, but it's like, Terry Funk don't wear no mouth guard. Yeah. Bruiser Brody don't wear no mouth guard. And in the background, you just see Mark Briscoe just drinking. And he just picks up a shotgun and walks <laughs> off. And he's put this bottle down on a mound. And Jay Briscoe screams to the camera. And suddenly there's a boom. And Jay goes, oh. 
<laughs> Mark just shot a bottle with a gun. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. Re- uh, t- I thought you'd finished. While Jay's screaming at a camera, he's like, oh, well, he's not cutting a promo anymore. I better fire this gun. And it's, it's hysterical. They were just so funny, whether they meant to be or not. They were as funny as they were deadly brutal in the ring. Fantastic tag team. They could go serious as well. I mean, one of the promos that circulated um, after his passing was one that he cut on EC3. Um, I mean, I don't think anyone's watched the match because it was 2021 Ring of Honor. But I watched it. It was really good. And it was the whole thing of like, Jay Briscoe was upset with EC3 not you know, bestowing the virtues of the honor code yeah. or anything mm-hmm. like that. And it was like beating honor into him sort of thing. But he's basically like, I've shook Masawa's hand in all these other, like Kabashi's hand, Joe's hand, Punk's hand. Like, I've touched all these greats. You're nothing you. And that promo was just like, this is amazing. It was yeah. just pro wrestling exactly what you want, basically. This is why you love pro wrestling. Just simple, isn't it? Just a simple story. Yeah. He that, doesn't respect him. Have a fight. Yeah. That, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what wrestling, all, all wrestling should be. Um, now, there were tributes all over the the social media sphere and into the wrestling world as well towards Jay Briscoe following his passing. Uh, it was even mentioned on NXT. Uh, there was a lovely little section where it was talked about. It was a slightly trickier situation to navigate for AEW, wasn't it, Aiden? Yeah, so um, when you had the Briscoes, when they were signed by Tony Khan, basically after he bought Ring of Honor in early 2022, we found out not long after that the Briscoes were banned from AEW TV by Warner Brothers Discovery, which is um, basically their TV partner for TBS and TNT. Um, We find out they're banned because of Jay Briscoe's past homophobic tweets from 2013, um, and because the Briscoes wore the Confederate flag on like their ring gear um, in matches, and that's something Warner Bros. Discovery didn't want to be associated with. Um, after his passing, there's there's a brief mention on AWTV for the first week. Um, I think it's on January 18th. We get the brief mention. Um, and then they tape a Ring of Honor tribute show afterwards by Ring of Honor following the tapings of Dynamite and Rampage. Um, that show has since aired on YouTube and Honor Club. Um we then find out a week later that because of these past issues that Mark Briscoe is still banned from AWTV. Uh, Meltzer reports that on the Tuesday uh, morning, basically January 24th, I believe. And then a few hours later, though, we find out that Mark Briscoe will actually be making his debut on AWTV. He gets announced in a tribute match for Jay alongside Jay Lethal. Um, that match, of course, takes place the next day, which is would have been Jay Briscoe's 39th birthday. Um I mean, hell of a match. Yeah, brilliant match. match. And everyone has a tribute for him at the end where they all come out. Everyone basically just celebrates the life of Jay Briscoe. We get the tribute video. And then basically before that show, we find out that the ban has been rescinded after Tony Khan has just fought incredibly, incredibly hard. Basically just apparently Warner Bros. Discovery, despite Jay's passing, were dead set against doing anything for him. Didn't want to touch it. Um... But, I mean, it, it was a weird time for Warner Bros. Discovery to do this because, I mean, following Dynamite currently, Dana White's Power Slap League airs on TV, mm. which comes week after he, I mean, slapped his wife yeah. at a New Year's Eve party. And, I mean, Warner Bros. Discovery's also got, um, like, projects associated with Ezra Miller um, and J.K. Rowling who have their own controversies. So, in terms of, with Jay Briscoe's homophobic tweets, um, of course he did them and he shouldn't have done it, but... What we find out from everybody after his passing is that he's, he's basically made amends to the point where there's loads of people from the LGBTQ plus community afterwards paying tribute to this man. And the point where he's going, 
he thought he was defending God. Effectively, when he put the tweets out in 2013, he realised he was wrong um, and did all sorts for the community afterwards in terms of creating awareness and everybody else, educating himself and educating others. Um, and so everyone just thought the Marshall being bad was a bit ridiculous and the idea that they couldn't do a tribute. And I think eventually, either due to public pressure or just Tony Khan rattling the cages, it was lifted a mark and beyond AWTV going forward. It, it presents a whole discussion um, about cancel culture and, and that nature of things where, yeah, there were horrible things that he said, but everybody that was not permitted to be offended because you could be offended by whatever, but people who, in, who were in the, in the crossfire of what was being yeah. said have all since come out and said, you know what, he's, he's uh, taken back these comments. He said he's apologised in multiple ways. He hasn't just said sorry. He hasn't put a note on Facebook and said, here's all the, yeah, I did, what I did was wrong and I'm sorry I was caught. He's actually gone out and made amends within the community and done stuff to, to, to be better, to be educated and be good. But there are still many that just go, oh, well, he said that 10 years ago. So that comment defines him mm-hmm. and nothing will ever change my mind. And I think it's a bigger discussion uh, maybe not for this podcast, but certainly one about um, ab- about that sort of culture and how a lot of people deserve that sort of thing. Let's not <laughs> let's not forget that there are some people who deserve to be shut out and not looked back upon. But I think there's something to be said for educating yourself and improving upon yourself, and you know, making yourself a better person. We're not no no one no, no one is without is without reproach and beyond reproach, and nobody's perfect. We've all done and said things, um, but I think there's something to be said for. Rehabilitation. Jay Briscoe was a, was a great spokesman for that. Well, someone said it was a case of damned if he did, damned if he didn't. After these, you know, glowing tributes came out from members of the LGBTQ plus community, and you know the news that we heard that he had sought to educate himself and you know, change his views, etc. And someone said because he did that quietly in the background without shouting about it, and people didn't know it happened. Whereas if he would have came out and, like you said post on Facebook, etc. People said, well, he doesn't mean it. It's just performative. Mm. So it's just, he, he was in I a can't bind. see you doing it. Oh, I'm doing it here. Stop talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of them. We send our best wishes, of course, to uh, the friends and family uh, of, of Jay Briscoe, who we lost in January. Uh, a, a tragic loss. So young, with so much still to give. Like, barely, yeah. like, done so much, but still barely scratched the surface. I mean, one of the things we found out since his passing is that the, the plan for Ring of Honor this year was for Mark and Jay basically be the cornerstones of the new Ring of Honor TV show. Mm. That's something we unfortunately won't get. I mean, Mark said he's going to carry on for his brother. Um, I guess that means he's going to continue his in-ring career. We don't know completely yet. Um, well... It's 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 one of those as well uh, that we saw a couple of years ago with um, the passing of Brody. They, for anyone's personal opinions about Tony Khan, he likes to do right by his contracted wrestlers' families. So, regardless of what Mark Briscoe chooses to do, etc., I think Tony Khan's vowed that he'll help the family out. But just a nice note on Jay as well. I mean, the Briscoes he was rich for the sky is their motto for years. I mean, I and probably many others thought there was just some sort of like cool Western saying or something. And in fact, no, Jay has adopted this as the t- um, as the team's motto because um, every time you watch Toy Story with his children, he cried. Oh, and of course, it's what Woody says um, after you pull the string on his back. He says, reach for the sky. So I was like, such a lovely thing. Ah, oh, I never knew that. I assumed yeah. it was I just like, reach for the sky, yeah. boys, move. That's it's like, lovely. It's mm. like, no, he, he just liked to cry at Toy Story. Mm. 
you love your own thoughts on the Jay Briscoe thing, we all send our best wishes. We all send nothing but love. Um, one big story for the month just happened the other day. The Rumble happened. Hey. Uh, my favourite pay-per-view of the year. Shane McMahon fucking ruined it last year. <laughs> I'm, I'm so angry about that. Re- relief this year. Relief this year. Because I I we'll go around the table and talk about it, but... I thought a marked improvement on last year's. I thought, in terms of storyline, an excellent rumble. Yes, I've. I actually watched. I've only oh! watched the men's. I've only watched the men's rumble this year so far. I watched it yesterday. Didn't see last year's just because of. Usually, I haven't. I'm, I'm often. I've been off and on with WWE for thirty years, but I always go out of my way to watch the rumble. And last year, I was like, right, I'll wait till a few days afterwards. I'll put aside some time. And everyone said, don't bother. It's crap. And then this year, I woke up on Sunday morning and saw that the Rumble, everyone was like, oh, it was good. So watch the men's one yesterday, going to watch the women's one tonight. But mm. I love, I, I love to be strong, but I really liked the men's Rumble. I was saying to Aiden, it seemed like at least a third of the entrants could have plausibly won it, which I like. Uh, there weren't too many surprises, which I like because I hate, as much as everyone loves it, it's like, ah, oh, here's Jimmy Snooker and Roddy Piper and Sergeant Slaughter. It's like, there's three people who aren't winning. Yeah. So I like one. And this year we had Booker T and that mm. was it. But um very well paced match, the men's anyway. Well, Aiden, talk us through some of the, the hits and, and such of the rumble and then let us know what you thought about it. Yeah, so um the men's rumble opens the show. Um heading into it we hear Cody Rhodes has basically for months since he took um suffered his torn pectoral muscle in June. Um Cody Rhodes is heavily rumoured that he's gonna win the rumble. As we get closer to the show, Sami Zayn's name comes up because, of course, how good his feud with the Bloodline, not feud, how good his alliance with the Bloodline has been. Um, and then we hear Stone Cold Steve Austin mentioned as a possible... He's like betting winner. odds were slashed yeah. in the hours before the Rumble. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and it was basically with Stone Cold, the idea was that um, he was pitched a match with Brock Lesnar for WrestleMania 39. It seems like he said no, but the match isn't happening. And then we find out uh, from Fightful Select that um, Steve Austin's been pitched a match against Roman Reigns for a hell of a lot of money. Um, as of most recent word, he hasn't. They haven't heard back to him, which I like the idea that instead of getting on the phone, they sent him a fax or something or by a letter, <laughs> <laughs> singing telegram. <laughs> he said, "Oh, I'm, I'm, I must send my owl and write back to <laughs> Steve Austin. Steve Austin with a quill." <laughs> Damn, son. <laughs> Austin's wife, like, sealing up the letterbox to stop them from coming in. Like the owls in Harry Potter. No post I on Sunday. Sunday. No post on a Sunday. Steve Austin on a quad bike getting chased down by owls. <laughs> Damn, boy. I want to wrestle. Hurtling across his ranch. <laughs> he ends up sleeping on a lighthouse. Uh, Robbie Coltrane turns up. You're facing Roman, Harry. I'm what? <laughs> <laughs> he's going to put his dick in Roman Reigns <laughs> <laughs> ah lovely <laughs> Fidel, Fidel took his hat off in sheer disgust <laughs> Castro's shock taunt I, I, just, uh, I wasn't expecting that <laughs> hit me like a jab well, it's, it's, a, it's a nice bit isn't it <laughs> of that wonderful 15 year old YouTube video 
I know no. the video he's talking about. But surely you know the video. You know it's you're a wizard, Harry. Yeah. Uh, what? Yeah, yeah wizard, Harry. Well, we'll, we'll have a big argument. Just, they just go, they just goes, no, Harry, you're going to do spells. You're going to be fucking pleased about it. Yeah. He's just like, I'll put my dick in the owl. <laughs> That's about it. Have you not seen the video? No. You've not seen this? <laughs> it's you <laughs> silly bitch. <laughs> no. It's a very old bit of YouTube yeah. proof that I'm hoping, that, that, I'm hoping people have got there. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's just, it's just like, really badly animated I think the graphics are from like the Harry Potter video game it's, aren't it's they it's made off Gary's mod I think oh, oh, yeah. oh, right that does say uh, like the time frame of it now I got sent one this week which was a Scouse version of just Hagrid going you're a sausage Harry <laughs> <laughs> just, Harry about to fight Draco going I'm the top sausage in all of Hogwarts mate hey I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You also heard The Rock as well, he was mentioned. But then we hear ahead of the show that The Rock doesn't feel like he can get in shape, which can surely only mean that The Rock doesn't feel like he's going to have the cardio for WrestleMania 39, because that man's in incredible shape. Yeah. He also threw like a proper red herring our way, because he put a video on Instagram yeah. on the night of the Rumble, going, oh, just finished a day of filming. And it was from a film that had wrapped like a week before. Yeah. So we're like, oh, you're bullshit. Yeah. And then, and then he, I noticed yesterday morning he posted a... Thing on Instagram of him sat in a in a hotel room in Texas having a lovely cup of coffee. I'm like, ah, oh, you were bullshitting us the whole time, yeah. weren't you? You know, you know what you were doing, Rock. Naughty Dwayne. Naughty Dwayne. Ultimately, Sami Zayn's not in the Rumble. Um, neither was Stone Cold. Neither was The Rock. So we sort of looking at it and going, there's lots of people that could win, but Cody's the one that probably makes the most sense mm. of the story that they're telling. Um, I mean, Cody comes out number thirty. Um, eliminates all sorts of people. I didn't write them down stupidly, but he eliminates Logan, Paul, and others mm. after hitting about a million crossroads. Uh, we've got that wonderful spot between Logan, Paul, and Ricochet where they're just oh. springboard cross bodies take each Oof. other. I would just go, oh, that was lovely. Yeah. Incredible. Um, Logan, Paul has no right being that good at wrestling. No, it's, it's annoying. <laughs> yeah. It's actually annoying that he's good at the wrestling. Want, we, we want to dislike him for the wrestling. Dislike him for a lot of other stuff. Yeah. But certainly not for the wrestling. He's just really good. He is He's good. just annoyingly good. Yeah. I hate it. I um, hate it. I hate it. <laughs> it, it, it. It's basically Logan Paul's 
like eliminated first, like second last. He's one of the final three. Imagine telling out. somebody last year, the final three in the Rumble for the following year, it's going to be Cody Rhodes, Walter, and Logan Paul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they think you're on fucking acid. Well, I think it was like, the, I'm going to say, oh, the final six. There was only one, like, previous headliner which was Seth Rollins and as soon as I said that I can't remember who was the final six but I remember seeing it Dominic Mysterio was in the final six yeah Yeah. Dominic Mysterio Cody Rhodes who has ascended to the WWE main event in this past year Logan Paul who's a celebrity Um, Gunter Gunter who was NXT UK champion this time Drew McIntyre and Sheamus were they the final? They would be the final seven, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they but, were, but they were limited simultaneously. Yeah, by, they were Gunter by Gunter. Yeah, but like you said, Dominic, Logan Paul, Gunter, Cody. It's like, oh great, it's 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 fresh mm. to the point where it's just like, oh Christ, Seth's there. Hello, Seth. I think they, I think they got around the Sami Zayn problem well because yeah. it would have been a problem if he was in the Rumble. Like everybody would have wanted Sami to win the Rumble, and I think it would have probably watered down Cody's win. Mm. So by not having him in the Rumble at all. I think it was absolutely the right decision. And putting the rumble on first as well. And getting it out yeah. of the way first. Yeah. But then so Sammy's got the shine in the main event. Yeah. Whatever he needs to do. Uh Gunter's uh Iron Man performance in the men's rumble. Literally history making. I think it was he went one hour and twelve minutes, which he beats Ray Mysterio's record of sixty two minutes. He's now the longest uh the longest remote longest Iron Man performer in Rumble history. Yeah. Um, Go on, lad. I think Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, technically has it for the greatest Royal Rumble, but we don't count that. No, we don't it's count not canon. Yeah. No, well, Rumble is <laughs> not canon. It was on the Saudi show, does not count. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Cody wins, eliminating Gunter after a crossroads and just give him a big whopping clothesline, mm. gets him over there. Um, huge performance for Gunter, though. Like, yeah, when he was Walter, um, the sort of idea was would he ever be a success on the main roster, especially with Vince McMahon around? Um, basically against everything he debuts after WrestleMania 38 on SmackDown. And Vince just books him well. Like, mm. wins the IC title not long after. I think he beats Ricochet for the belt. And he's basically just been chopping people ever since. It's been lovely to see. It's easy to book him, isn't it? Having chop and powerbomb people and look intimidating. But what a risk to have the guy who has the most the spiciest chops <laughs> in wrestling in there with a guy who's just had his pectoral yeah. muscle replaced. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, interesting choice. It's all fine, though. I guess it's like any injury. I remember chatting to a wrestler a while ago who broke their neck. And when they came back, they said they felt really nervous about getting back into the ring and they had to really get over that, that sort of mental uh, mental hill. And they had a wrestling training session where they just said, look, just keep giving me clotheslines for like half an hour. Just yeah. keep giving me, because I've got to get over this in my head. And then he did, and he went on. Uh, very successful career. It was John Cena. No, it wasn't John Cena. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was, so the men's rumble. Uh, what, you, what did you think of it? Because it's, it's had interesting views either way. Yeah, so um, I'm not as positive about it as you, um, as you both, but I mean, I looked at when it was inoffensive. I thought it was. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. Mm. It wasn't as crap as twenty twenty twos or twenty fifteen, twenty fourteen. That stick in the mind. But nor did I think it was as good as twenty eighteens or twenty uh, twenties. I just sort of went. That was a good top fifteen rumble, and that's mm. where it'll stay for me. Basically, I prefer the twenty twenty. Because we were saying about this the other day, that was Brock's domination, wasn't it? Yeah. As a one-off, fine. I never want to see that done again. What I liked about this one was, because me and you, were, we're, we're older gentlemen. We remember the, yeah. the, the years when the Rumble didn't mean anything, but you've won the Rumble. 
And what they do is they'd front load it and they'd back load it. And in the middle, it'd be like, oh, here's <laughs> the red rooster. And Greg like, Valentine. This, it, it felt well paced. And I feel it set up a lot of stuff for the future. You had the big pop for Lesnar coming in for three minutes, the big pop for Lashley eliminating him. Drew and Sheamus looked fine. You had the New Day patting each other on the arse. Yeah, Logan Paul eliminated Seth Rollins as well, which looks like a probably set up a Mania, man. Yeah, they still might have, a, have some fun at Mania. You, uh, Edge and Finn Balor. Yeah. yeah. Like that continues the journey Ray, there. Ray and Dominic as well. Ray doesn't even come out. Yeah. yeah. I think Ray not being there, which is due to an injury he'd suffered, he'd suffered on SmackDown, I think him not being there told a better story than if he had been there. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. the the heel he for Dominic Mysterio as well. Amazing. Ex-Condom. And uh, let's not forget, Beth Phoenix is here. Yes. Amazing. Oh. <laughs> An amazing head of hair from Betty. Four foot tall hair. It's amazing. Sponsored by Videl Sassoon. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible hair. Uh, I, I would say for Elimination Chamber, we get Rhea Ripley and Beth Phoenix, and Rhea gets a, a huge Hall of Famer win heading into Mania. I that th- feels right to me. I think the rumour is um, it's going to be Edge and Beth Phoenix in a mixed tag match with Finn and... Rhea, and I guess sort of you'll get the singles match between Edge and Finn at WrestleMania. Ah, so you, you that just keeps you ticking over, yeah, and then yeah. it Rhea will well. As, as well, that's come. a shame, really, because I feel like Beth Phoenix and Rhea Ripley should have a one-on-one. Might just do it on Raw. I mean, yeah. it just deserves probably a bigger stage. But it deserves yeah. a big stage. Yeah. Ooh, what say. they could do <clears throat> is so spoiler: Rhea Ripley won the Women's Royal Rumble. But what they could do is they could have Beth as the first person to challenge her and add like backlash or this Saudi show and maybe mm. whatever it's going to be. You can bring it around that way. Uh, let's talk about the Women's Rumble. Rhea Ripley doing a Shawn Michaels in at number one there at the end. Fantastic. The far right long, thing to do. Far longer than the 35 minutes or whatever we did in 1995 as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which basically goes from number one all the way. It says she dislocated her knee early in the match and then it just popped back in one second Old later. soccer injury, she was yeah. saying to Ariel Helwani. Very grim. Mm. Um, and she had a nose bust open by Dana Brooke. Is that how she busted her nose? I think Dana Brooke hit her, hit her with something and then Rhea kind of shakes it off and the next thing we see is blood, 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 blood. Mm. But I think it adds to the aesthetic. Rhea Ripley at the end of the match, biting on the bottom rope. Yeah. Like, knee back in its place, blood on her face. <laughs> Having quite oh. a Being battered for an hour by just <sighs> different women. Priapic. Um, and, and then basically the closing stretches it comes down to Murder Clown Asuka, who appeared for the first time yeah. in WWE. Yeah, the pop for that as well. Yeah. People knew what this what was up there. People um, knew what was up. Liv Morgan, who entered second, she's in the final three. Basically it comes down with them for you all on the apron, grappling. Asuka sprays the mist. Rhea ducks, she hits Liv. Liv's just blind, fighting on. Rhea basically does a 619 just through the bottom of the rope and kicks Asuka at the floor. You're like, ooh, that was cool. Mm. Next thing we know, because um, Liv sort of managed to slightly less blind herself, um, Rhea's there dangling and then just somehow hoofs herself up. It does a head scissors and just flings Liv Morgan at the floor. Like, ooh, that was that was very the cool. The risk involved. Yeah. That key moment in the match. Every When I was watching Cody and Gunter, same as I was watching um, Rhea and Liv and Asuka. And actually, fair play to Liv Morgan as well, because Liv Morgan was in at number two. Yeah. Again, echoes of 95 Rumble. Number one, number two, in there at the very end. Liv Morgan was the bulldog in this occasion. Number two is the toughest position in the Rumble. Everyone always goes about number one, but number one's got a, a one-minute advantage over number two. Because everyone goes, oh, to go from number one, you're you're the Iron Man or the Iron Woman. If you're coming in at number two, you've got to come into the ring with that person if they want to. They could just stamp uh, on you. Yeah. I was just saying number two has the advantage because they know who number one is. No. And, they can, and they, they've probably got about a minute backstage to kind of formulate a plot. Yeah. Whereas number one has no idea who anyone is at any time. 
That may be, but then I, I, I argue I, that more yeah. people have won from number one than number two. Yeah. I mean, speaking of Bulldog, do we think Liv Morgan enjoys a wig and balm? I think she loves, loves a wig and balm. Yeah. Uh, as she didn't love getting <laughs> getting spat in the face by Asuka. Though. Yeah. By new murder clown Asuka. Um, great. Again, great rumble. Great women's rumble. Some nice surprises in there as well. A couple of surprises in there. Yes. I'm going to say nice, but there were some surprises. <laughs> there were some surprises. You never said there had to be good surprises. You just wanted surprises. Yeah. So I think the first one's Dewdrop comes up, which is not Dewdrop anymore. Mm. She's now Pipe and Niven again. Niven is back, baby. Good. And, and they made it about as subtle as anything because we're like, look, a Viper's on the way to the ring. You were like, okay, thank you. Yes, Michael Cole. Um, comes in, all in tartan, hits people. Get eliminated by somebody. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> See, Aiden wants to go to Money Back, so he doesn't have to work. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, Lord heavens, this takes up. Don't forget. <laughs> this was like four in the morning. He's a chicken club deep. To be fair, That's true, actually, yeah. <laughs> stick my penis in. A <laughs> <laughs> I'd also had chicken poppers. A peri peri chicken. Oh, poppers. you should have pop. I have poppers on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and some Aiden had, a, Aiden had a great night. <laughs> <laughs> and, and some potato tots they were good as well so, and about three you had a very potato-y evening I mean it was because right so I've improved my diet this month right and I thought right why are you eating potato tots <laughs> no 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 right, I'm going to get to it I've eaten very well this month and I went right we've been paid I'm just going to eat like a goblin for the next three days <laughs> yeah we so, did so, fr- so Friday afternoon I had a Cubano's which is a Cuban sandwich which is delicious from the Granger Market oh nice big up Cuba yeah and, I mean earlier <laughs> <laughs> is that is, is this the effect of the cu- of the sandwich it was yeah <laughs> the Saturday next time <laughs> smoking Cubano a cigar this Cubano sandwich is so good I've turned into Fidel Castro <laughs> so so we had that then I thought Saturday night rather than on I just eat shit and yeah. that's basically what we did so that's why I ate, and I I'm back to normal again. I'm eating lovely, lovely, lovely. Is that so? So your so your snacks of choice for evening were very potatoy and very potatoy, yeah, very starchy. What were your rumble snacks of choice? You stayed up to watch it, didn't you? He was in bed. I was in bed. I thought you watched the men's one. No, I said watch that on the Sunday. Oh, you didn't stay up and watch it live. No, I watched it with Poppy, and she was like, "Oh." Dominic's a bad boy, isn't he? <laughs> I was like, yes, uh, no, I watched it about four o'clock yesterday after watching the disappointing football team that is Liverpool FC. I mean, the only way he was waking up was if Scott Steiner came out. <laughs> That's true. I, I, I have I have this frequency where if Scott Steiner does something, I sit up bolt upright in bed and just go, "Oh, he's back!" But he's here. no, no Steiner, no Steiner. I had uh, cheese and bacon toasties. I had. Alex was awake. Ooh. Alex watched some of the Rumble with me. Mm. And uh, as the rumble was starting, I said, I'm going to make a cheese and bacon toasty. Would you like one? She went, no. But I know Alex too well, so I made two. And then as soon as I finished slicing mine up, she was looking like, it looks nice. So I made you one. Did you? Went, yeah. She got a little bit like, you know me so well. Because <laughs> I said, no. I said, yeah, but I knew you'd want one, so there's yours. When, when, when that's, I... that's why we're getting married. We know each other. One day as well, she says, no, double toasty. No, exactly. Yeah. It's a win-win, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know how you two do it because whenever I'm staying up to do anything, I just need some kind of like sugary drink and a bag of Haribo. If I eat anything that any any food, if, yeah. If if I eat like pizza and potato tots and <laughs> toasties. toasties, I'd be a kip after about twenty. <laughs> it's like oh, quarter to eleven. It's like I haven't even started work yet. I'm already asleep. <laughs> At least the other. Yeah, I, I got to um, watching it live. Watched the, to the women's one, and then they said, "Please welcome Hardy." I went, "You know what? I don't think the Rock's coming out tonight, I'm, and I am at work at my other job in the morning, so I might go get a couple of hours." 
squeeze in about maybe two and a half, three hours. Three hours from what I saw on Twitter. Because yeah. I woke up the next on Sunday morning about half six and seen that you tweeted at like 4 a.m. and then... Or like half three, three and then stormy. and then half six. And I was like, Tom, go to bed, please. <laughs> please. It's okay. Your but, watch has ended. <laughs> but, but that was it, because Alex said, are you working then? I said, no, I just really want to watch the Rumble. I just really like the Rumble as a fan. It is, the, like the, it is the best event of the year. It it's is. just fun. It's always been fun. It's the, the most wonderful time of the year. I mean, it's, I say it's always the unpredictability, but like... We pretty much knew who was winning, but there was still that what could happen yeah. that we mentioned as well. Mm, the unmentionables. Speaking of unpredictability, other surprises. We had Chelsea Green making her return at WWE. Yes. We sort of knew already that she was coming back uh, after she said she was going home from Impact in, I think, like October or something. Oh, yeah, ages ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, she rocks up and apparently she's going to play a Karen character because she comes in five seconds later and she's out. Mm. And, and screaming about it and very unhappy. I hope she starts getting out her phone and filming people. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to speak to your you hit, manager. You hit please. me just then. You yeah. hit me just then. Just her just moaning to Adam Pierce all the time with a new haircut. Be great. Yeah. Do it. Why not? Wrestling's about entertainment and silly characters. Yeah. But to save the best surprise to last. Oh, I This do. was the big one. I mean, we found out a couple of hours beforehand that it was happening. Got the, the spike on cultaholic.com of rage was massive. Oh. People were really hating on this. We love a hate I mean, click. It was even Bosch number 30. Um, there's no countdown or anything. We just hear yeah, the music comes over the Titan Tron, and out comes Nia Jax, everyone's favourite women's wrestler. And quite rightly, she's not like most girls because she's shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? She also not only is that not only are people annoyed that she's back, but she's she got the internet rumor mill churning so fast. Because The Rock's mum was there to watch her. Yeah. So everybody was like, The Rock's mum's in the crowd. Holy fuck, The Rock's here! Oh! What? The fuck off! Who's, Worst surprise! Whose nude photos did the Anawahi family have? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. I feel like, like, and, and you know, I'm not being mean to know, I'm a little bit. A little but, bit. um... This feels like they're just sweet-talking The Rock. Yeah. Can you get my cousin a job? I might come back. Yeah, there she is. Come yeah. on in, Nia. Anyway, Rock, about mania. Yeah, I mean, I wish Nia Jax all the best in her life. Oh, yeah. But, like, it, it was just wrestling. She came in, punched somebody, punched somebody, chucked somebody, and she's like, I'm massive, me. <laughs> and then it was, all, all the women were like, okay, well, we'll get her out. She's massive. Let's all 11 women to eliminate her. You're like, okay, it's Viscera 2006. They give Ripley again. the big spot, though. Ripley just about yes. scoop slams her, yeah. just about gives her the riptide, and then they hoy her out. But it was like, why is Nia Jax number 30? Don't really surely know by now that Nia Jax isn't popular. Legends, mate. They're bringing back legends. Yeah. Like, they never said they were good legends, but they're yeah. bringing back legends. Michelle McCool. Oh yeah, Michelle McCool was yeah. in there as well. Yeah. She, she, left must, her, she left her kid with a minder. She jumps get, into the crowd. She must just get this every year just because they love The Undertaker. I mean, Michelle McCool had a great career, but every year I'm not hankering for Michelle McCool to come in and get free elimination. Was it the first ever Women's Royal Rumble and they had everyone come in? And Michelle like eight eliminations or something? And yeah. Everyone was just going... Fuck off, come on. Because Sonic's having like a full-time run. She just turns up for the rumble and then pisses off again. Yeah. I feel like the memory of Michelle McCool's career is far greater than Michelle McCool's career. Yeah. Well, it was when yeah. I was doing the research, I did uh, every WWE Women's Champion ranked before they phased it out and had the Divas title. The last ever champion was Michelle McCool because she co-held it with Layla. I like the, the co-holding thing. Lay Layla won the title. 
Yeah. But when it was absorbed into the Divas title, it was Michelle McCool who did it. It's like, that's not her title to to absorb. But they were just like, oh, yeah, she's loving life. (laughs) This this sounds like I'm shitting on Michelle McCool. Michelle McCool, a a perfectly fine wrestler. It's just the... But she's not there afterwards, is she? She just eliminates three people and is like, bye. And and Mm. it's, it's the problem WWE have had at times over the last few years where they're just like, oh... Let's not bother pushing anyone. Let's push Michelle McCool. It's like, why? It's like Booker T returned to the men's rumble. He came in, did a back kick, did the boot end, did a spinner rooney. Got eliminated. He went, Fine. Mm, yeah. That's what I want from a legend. Yeah. Rubbish. But here's the thing that with the women's rumble this year, it was it had the least amount of surprises in it. And it's actually that, that way for good reason, because now there's plenty of women on the roster yeah, yeah. to fill that rumble out. Convincingly, there were even, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was every women's roster. It was pretty much all hands on deck and then some NXT stars. But there was there was enough there for you to populate a decent rumble with with talent currently on the books. Oh, yeah. Than having to make phone calls to Impact and go, can we borrow Mickey James for a night? Especially as it, it seems this is a transitional period for the women's roster as well, so... Mm. Yeah, get everyone, get everyone involved. One all, one all. Honorable mention for the for coltonic.com, uh, The 30th anniversary of Monday Night Raw took place on the Monday just before the Royal Rumble. Uh, a Legends Night that felt very different. It actually wasn't rubbish. It actually it wasn't. It rubbish. was a really good show. Yeah, I thought I thought that it was the best use of legends that they've had in a while. Do you reckon, Jack? Um. I did take umbrage with Jimmy Hart and Hulk Hogan opening it up, though, because, you know... So did the technical department. <laughs> yeah, they were just like, cut his mic, cut his mic. Um, Jimmy Hart, I don't think, was ever on Raw. Uh, and Hulk- oh, no, to be fair, Jimmy Hart had more of a presence on Raw than Hulk did. Yeah. Jimmy Hart managed Money, Inc. Oh, of course, yeah. And then he managed the Mega Maniacs when they made an appearance on Raw before yeah. WrestleMania 9. Yeah, and then Hulk Hogan wasn't there until 2002. Yep. Um... I thought it was... Monday Night Raw Legend. Yeah, because there were... All the graphics where it was Raw is XXX using the Raw is War stuff, but there was no Austin, no Rock, no Mankind, no Kane. I was like, "Mm." Uh, (laughs) But, like you said, effective use of the legends. It wasn't just the usual everyone's dancing in the background with Tatanka and Ted DiBiase. There was actually... There was, there was I, mean, a little, I mean, there was a poker match, but that well, was of course, just fun, there's always going to be one. But yeah. you know, that it, it felt like there was meaning to it. DX didn't go out and just bury everyone, uh, and obviously, good old Sean Waltman joked about it, and everyone took him at face value. I mean, you you had a Twitter exchange of him, didn't you? Like, a yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Sean had a because satire is dead on Twitter because uh, he put, oh, the only thing that would have made the night perfect is if I'd hit them all with my finisher. <laughs> I was like, because obviously that's the wrong thing to do. Yeah. That's the joke that was made. The revival were fine afterwards. It was sucked at the time, but they've gone on to be, hold every tag title yeah. ever. Yeah. You know, won every every bit of gold except the George Cross. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure they're fine. Uh, so the joke was lost on the world, but I thought, yeah, excellent use of, of the legends. Like they didn't bury Gunter and Co. And they Triple they... H was terrified of them. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Even Undertaker grabbed Ali Knight by the throat. American badass Undertaker. American as well. badass Undertaker, no less. With Kid Rock, even though obviously Rollins more synonymous with the character, he did use American badass at first. Yeah, interesting uh, choice to go with that one. But they did. Yeah, yeah. they did. Like, like I like I like Dead Man Walking as well. Mm. Oh, you've done it now. You've got to make a big mistake. That one? 
Yeah, I really like that one. I, I was surprised they didn't go for an old school Raw intro because that week there was the video floating. I'm pretty sure good old WWE on BT put it out there with um, Across the Nation, but with modern wrestlers. Yeah. yeah. Me, I'm, I'm a thorn in your eye guy. And I was thinking, oh, imagine the chaos of thorn in your eye with like all the, all the modern stars. But now they just went into just straight into some kind of like old look back video and then just straight into the live broadcast. But that old Raw logo still looks great. I loved how it was presented. It was like, that looks really cool with all the TVs. They're not going to do that going forward, but something to chew on. Something to chew on. Uh, as was cultaholic.com this month. Um, a few weird articles. Uh, well, the, uh, the, the, the click curiosity uh, we will end on here. So there's some stories that come our way that we publish at cultaholic.com. And for whatever reason, they will just capture the imagination of the Twitterati and people on, on Facebook more often than not because they're like angry about it. But but Aiden's going to talk us through some <laughs> of the stories, for good or for bad, were the most hit worthy in January of 2023. Yeah, so I mean, January is always a weird month in the sense that normally not a lot happens. I mean, this is very much an exception to the usual rule. Mm. But le- legitimately, the food. Most read article of cultaholic.com this month, ahead of Vince McMahon returning to the company, uh, Mercedes Monet and all that, is Jinder Mahal returns to WWE NXT. Um, I mean, I don't think he's been back on since he returned, but he was he returned for that one night. He popped up, he helped Sanger, and then that's, that's that. I thought there'd be more involvement with Jinder in NXT. Yeah, it's it a good fit for him because he's doing note on the main roster. Yeah. Don't hinder Jinder. Yeah. Well, we, we were saying this when. Uh, Aiden started putting the notes together for this. That Jinder Mahal, you never hear any stories of discontent. You never hear any stories of him moaning because I think he probably feels because he was let go after being part of 3MB. Came, got in great shape. Came back, had what WWE Championship and US Championship. He's probably thinking, yeah, fine, I'll do whatever. Yeah, I'll just, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll happily take that on. Yeah, good, good guy, Jinder. Good yeah. guy, Jinder. Um, another weird, another weird article. Arn Anderson forms new faction on AEW Dark. Now, this passed me by, because I don't pay as much attention to Dark as I should. Uh, talk to us about the faction in question. I mean, the, the faction is just literally Arn Anderson, Brock Anderson, and Brian Pillman Jr. I mm. mean, they'd been teaming together on the Indies sort of a little bit. Uh, I think they did Ric Flair's last match. I could be wrong. Yes. Um, but basically, Arn Anderson's come out and said they were doing absolutely nothing with them two. Get them together on TV. So he's got he's got his son doing more. He's got himself doing more. He's got Brian Pillman Jr. doing more. Mm. Of course, calling back to the Four Horsemen. Mm. I mean, he even talks about forming a new Four Horsemen. One of them was Tessa, Tessa Blanchard, who's got her own problems. I can't see that happening, yeah. really. Um, Which is such a shame, because that's such a perfect fit. Yeah. If you're going to do a Horseman, and you have Tessa in there dominating a women's division. Yeah. You know. And David Flair. And David Flair, of course. See, I, I can't remember who he said it was going to be the Flair... Maybe MGF. I could be chatting rubbish. Unless he, unless he just wanted Charlotte to come before yeah. she returned. Yeah, I can't remember. But he's just like, <laughs> Charlotte Flair, Brian Pilman Jr., Brock Anderson, and Tessa Blanchard. That's, that's the weirdest table at a wedding, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the single with no partners table, that is. Sat at the back of the room. It's a weird time. Oh, we frozen on the camera. Oh, don't Ooh. you worry. You're Look watching, how happy we are, though. We're having a good time. So it's frozen quite recently. So if you are watching, apologies for the freeze. Oh, we're back. We are okay. back in the room. What else do we have? Oh, yes. Um, th- this was a weirdly big article as well. It was WWE interested in re-signing EJ Ndukar. I'm hoping to say his name right. But basically Ndukar was with WWE until... Um, it's just a developmental talent. He's a former bodybuilder. 
where I think he was fired in 2020 or 2021. He's six foot eight, so everyone at the time thought, he's got the body that Vince should love, surely. Yeah, Vince should be into that, yeah. that sort of persona. Uh, but basically after that, he ends up in MLW. He was MLW Tag Team Champion with Calvin Tankman until recently. Um, they've since dropped the titles. I don't know if the match has aired yet. But basically in Ducar's gone, it's, it was said that AWWE were interested in him. Um, he since debuted in AW, but it's like a dark taping, so it might have just been a, hey, here's a trial match. Mm. Um, but WWE's interest, God, people are clicking. Yeah. People just, I think, keen to see what ex-WWE guys get up to. Yeah. And uh, do we see a, do we see him coming back? Is it is it signed, sealed, and delivered yet? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> At the minute, it's just sort of, they're interested. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. But speaking of ex-WWE guys, right. Kevin Nash. Yay! <laughs> One of the biggest articles was that he just talks about his friendship with Hulk Hogan. And <laughs> was it was there anything particular about his friendship that it was we might not speak for months but hey if, if it, I've got his back and he's got mine brother 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 and mm -hmm. um, that was it essentially it wasn't particularly anything exciting but people were like hey that's Hulk Hogan hey that's Kevin Nash big sexy so people clicked on it fair enough uh, yeah uh, there is more to add there there is there is um Okay, so there's another Hulk Hogan story. I'd like us to leave that to the end. Okay. okay. So do do the other two, and then we come back to the Hogan one, because right. I feel like that's a, a poignant one to end on. <laughs> so skipping over Hulk Hogan, we've got some milk to talk about. Oh, <laughs> brilliant. Kurt Angle basically revealed that because he's knackered, um, he now only drinks skimmed milk, which on the rating of milk has to be the worst. Are you not a fan of skimmed milk? No, it's just water, isn't it? Well, it's not that bad. Rubbish. Rubbish milk. It's not that bad. Terrible. On, 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 my, on my milk rating scale, we go gold top, Channel Lionel milk, number one. <laughs> the special one that you get. That's just cream, though. Yeah, but it's delicious, though. It's delicious, oh. but it's a sometimes treat. Yeah, no, I, don't, I don't just drink it in me all the time. It's like a sometimes treat. I'm like, yes, one ninety five in Tesco. Get that in. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, uh, outside of that, it's um, I get my semi-skim delivered Yeah. Um, by a milkman. Sure. Um, so... <laughs> Semi-skimmed, then whole milk, and then skimmed. Does Pat Mustard deliver your milk? Pat Mustard <laughs> he delivers uh, everybody's milk. It's, it's, Pat it's, it's just some bloke who drops <laughs> up in the middle of the night. I, I do it through an app, so I don't. I've never even interacted with him. We just he, they take them. It could be a woman, for all I know. <laughs> it, milk, it, it milk. could be a giraffe. I don't know. Maybe your milk. Yeah, I'm just nicking milk. Could be a criminal. It, it could just be paint. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Glass of paint. Um, but I do enjoy oat milk as well. It's nice in a hot chocolate oat milk. Yeah, yeah, oat milk with hot chocolate. We've in our house we've moved <laughs> over to oat milk completely. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we don't have cow's milk in our house anymore. No, no, we just don't. See, uh, mixes all bad in the tumbles. Mm. So uh, oats a bit nicer. Yeah, we're we, not really a vulture, are we? We tried yeah. that for a bit, but like Lex Luger, I will just drink milk. So <laughs> I was just like, I need semi skimmed if I just ever get a hankering for milk. First That's guy that milked a cow. <laughs> yeah, but why was he squeezed on some cow's udders? I always wondered that. <laughs> want, to go, want to go and have a squeeze of those and yeah, just start hopping. Yeah, like, what was, he, what was his game? It's like bloody hell, someone's coming out of that. And then you realise, and what and, and what comes out, he realises tastes nice. Yeah. And, then, and then he got TB. Did he? Oh, well, because you've got to pasteurise milk, haven't you? We get too many doses. I want to think at least before he died, they had one conversation with somebody. Where, hey, come out. He said, right, I've got this in my fridge. Right. Now, try it. What is it? I don't want to tell you now, right? Just try it. You're like, oh, it's nice, that is. Right. Hear me out. <laughs> it's from a cow. It's from, what part of it? It's from the bits the, underneath. The udders. The udders. Uh. How did you, look, don't, let's not talk about that. 
let's focus on the fact that this is nice. But how did you... I don't want to talk about that part of it. Let's just focus on the fact that this is nice, yes? And then, let's sell this. And then a thousand <laughs> years later, somebody had a lovely cup of tea, nothing in it, and went, I think we should try that cow odor stuff. <laughs> in this Hear tea. Me out. <laughs> this, this bowl of old corn I'm having for breakfast is awfully dry. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> with, with, with How's the, your chocolate powder? With the Kurt Angle story, I remember I, I, I saw it on the uh, I saw it on our spreadsheet, and I just went, "That's got cultaholic.com written oh. all over it." And we had a bit of fun with it because it wasn't a serious story. So we just we we, we ran with it. We were all with the, we the bungees. I'll, I'll try and find it and see what we actually wrote. But yeah. <laughs> he's laughing through the tears of dry corn for breakfast. <laughs> It's a great story. Oh, I've got potential in-ring return. That's very boring. That's, that's boring. That's nothing to do with milk. There we go. There we go. Kurt Angle only drinking skimmed milk following <laughs> knee surgery. Picture of him pouring milk all over himself. The picture is just milkomania. <laughs> but <laughs> just over the court. Wrestling fans, the news you've been waiting for has finally come. <laughs> you can read it. Oh, <coughs> Wrestling fans, the news you've been waiting for has finally come. Kurt Angle <laughs> is changing up his milk consumption. The Olympic gold medalist turned his love of milk into part of his gimmick during his WWE tenure, famously spraying gallons of the stuff on an episode of Raw in 2001 during the oh infamous God. Milkamania segment. Come. And then... <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> and there's a quote from... Uh, Kurt Angle just saying, oh yeah, I just drink different milk now. And then we ended it with, imagine a world where Kurt Angle couldn't drink milk. It'd be like Steve Austin not cracking open a couple of cans of the lads, or The Rock. Sorry, the weird advert just come up. Or The Rock not enjoying some pie, and that is frankly a world we don't want to consider. <laughs> I do like the idea though that it was Stone Cold Steve Austin doesn't just drink; he's having a couple of titties with the lads. Like he's, 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 got, he's got the Stella in with Gangrel. Back, back of cans, blue bag <laughs> filled with tisky out with the lads. I don't know where Worker Angle wouldn't drink milk. He'd be like Steve Austin not having a beer or Vince McMahon not sexually harassing me. <laughs> oh, oh, great day. Speaking of Vince. Oh, no, no. Yeah, yes, this one is about Vince. I'm chatting rubbish. <laughs> it was a WWE creative team member was told to never mention the American badass Undertaker in front of Vince McMahon. I mean, there was no contact provided as to why he was told this, apart from that it was by Bruce Pritchard. Uh, but... Sounds like Vince didn't like the American Badass Undertaker. So is that why we had the American Badass Undertaker at the Raw 30th while Vince wasn't there? Probably, Vince yeah. is looking, let's bring out the, let's get his bike out. <laughs> Vince just yeah. got, no, you can't be him. You've got to be Mark Calloway first. And that oh. was basically it when he was WrestleMania 36. How weird. Yeah. Like, I really like American Badass Undertaker. He was one I grew up with. I did when he debuted. Um, it was one of those that it... it it was a thing of diminishing returns. But when I was 12 and listening to Limp Biscuit, it was cool as balls. But looking back on it, you're like, oh, American Badass, uh, Big Evil was better. When he was talking about dogs and yards and had short hair. And he was just like, oh, I'm just a man. Bugger Red. <laughs> Bugger Red. He was called Bugger Red Bugger for a while. <laughs> <laughs> he just became like grumpy biker man. Yeah. I was like, do you know what? I can, I can yeah. spit and chewing tobacco <laughs> Offering Undertaker, offering Kane a crisp. I seem to remember that from an episode of Raw. It's just been Stan Hansen just yeah. chewing tobacco. Just one of Brannigan's. He's like, oh yeah, fantastic. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> I'm sure you offered him a crisp. 
There's an episode of SmackDown where he offers him. I think if it's not a crisp, it's, it's obviously got like a bag of chewing tobacco. Yeah. And he's just like, and I look. I wished it was crisp because I wish Kane had gone and just pushed them into his mask. <laughs> 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 they're just cascades of water dribbling down his, his face. Just a handful of like what sits and just pushes them into his mouth. I'm just thinking of like Undertaker chewing tobacco and in the background you just get Kane with his own roll. He just goes <laughs> smashing that taker. A roll that perfectly fits in a little gap near his mouth. <laughs> Lovely chew. Talking of rollies, what was the <laughs> <laughs> what, what was the weirdest what a roll, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> what a roll! Final story. Uh, it's a big one. So, final big story of of the month was, and this is your fault because you clicked on it. Yeah. You listen to this. I you mean, clicked on this. This is why we're talking about it. I mean, we had about two slow news days. However, oh, this was this was ridiculously <laughs> slow. This but it was a very, 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 very slow news day. Someone even commented "slow news day," and yes. I just put yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was Hulk Hogan runs out of toilet paper. <laughs> tweets about it. <laughs> it was blow by blow. Talk us through yeah. what happened the day that Hulk Hogan ran out of loo roll. I'll read the start of the article, but it was. It was the irresistible force meeting the immovable object. <laughs> is it? Why is it immovable? Has he had too many eggs? It just constantly just had to strain and strain every day. This is my worry for you. This is how we're going to get an egg bound. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm fine. It's my worry for you. <laughs> Don't worry. This I'm, is your future. I'm you fine. You tweeting me going, brother, help. You're eating cheese toasters at 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> but I had a, but I had a, a mint tea that yeah. helps everything move. I'm on a steady course of Seneca. It's fine. Oh, I I, I had two black coffees and a banana this morning. Don't worry about me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Regular as Monday Night Raw. <laughs> if Jack Atkins runs off, you know why. <laughs> if it runs off. And then it was... <laughs> Jack squits Atkins. <laughs> anyway. That was... Hulk Hogan found himself in an incredible predicament on Wednesday afternoon. This would have been January 25th, while the WWE Hall of Fame was hulking out a number two on the toilet. <laughs> During his time on the laboratory, Hogan suddenly tweeted, Help! <laughs> At five... We've all been there! <laughs> <laughs> and then 13 minutes later, after desperation had set in for the Hulkster, Hogan tweeted again, writing, I ran out of toilet paper, brother. Help! With like 13 minutes 13 later! Years later. <laughs> like he sat there and waited to see if anybody reached out! So like he's like, ah, oh, bollocks, fresh out of shit tickets here. <laughs> Better sit here for 15 minutes on Twitter. God, his legs must have gone numb. He's got bandies, it is! <laughs> Well, you see, the insane thing is, right, is that he's quite clearly meant to like, DM somebody that or something. But <laughs> Alan, they did that he wrote brother, and that's why he just writes in his texts. And it was... And then it was he does. Everyone's brother to Hogan. <laughs> and then it was, who could possibly bring Hogan toilet roll? And we basically had to rule out Jimmy Hart, Brutus Beefcake, and the Nasty Boys, because for all we know, they weren't in the home at the time. <laughs> And we guessed it may have been Hogan's rumoured Scientologist girlfriend, Sky Daily. Uh, uh, but, but so we assume that she's brothered him up and brought him some toilet roll. Why not? I love the idea that he calls his potential girlfriend brother. <laughs> just the 30-minute gaps made me think that he tweeted it out, put it down, started reading the back of the shampoo bottle. <laughs> yeah. <just bored. laughs> 
<laughs> you got a magazine now. Got some, got yeah. some pornographic playing cards. <laughs> he's, like, oh. <laughs> he's got like Scientology Weekly or something. He's just sat there reading it. He's got Scientology Weekly, but inside it is a copy of Caravanning Monthly. <laughs> pretending to be boning up. I mean, we're all saying this. Hogan's definitely got a portable DVD player, just his best matches on, haven't he? <laughs> I was like, I think I'll stick me versus Warrior on. Come on, let's watch this. It's, it's not like if it was British Bulldog, he'd be reading Viz. It's just like... <laughs> oh, shit, the sexist. <laughs> Speaks to my generation. Oh, he's just got himself into scrape. Oh, the fat slugs are back. Uh, <laughs> We're contracted to do one Bulldog bit there. One Bulldog bit contracted, box yeah. takes. Oh, gosh. So... so did Hogan deleted the tweets after, didn't yes, he? So, so he deleted the tweets while he wasn't going, oh, brother, and then he's, he's deleted them. Uh, but they're there for all eternity now. Don't, don't yeah. forget your incredible sign-off that yeah. had me biting my knuckle in the office. I mean, this is this is very British. It's from the article from goldholic.com. But this is the end of the article where it was, hopefully the Hulkster won't take the Twitter if he ever has to look for Jimmy Riddle. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was either that or because I didn't want to write Tom Tit. I just left it at Jimmy Riddle. <laughs> or a Jock Drill Bank. Yeah. I mean, we tried. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> that feels like the appropriate place to wrap up our lucky January of 2023. Until we are next together. He's at the Aiden Gibbons on Twitter. He's at Brad Atkins on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. And together, we're at Coldholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. I'm out of Lure, old brother. Love you, bye. <laughs> Viva la revolution. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs>